Thanks for listening to the weekly Overflow Church podcast. We hope you enjoy this sermon by Jesse Cup. For more information, visit overflowindy.com or visit us on Facebook at Overflow Indy. We've been, we've been talking about God's version of the church, and we're just trying to renew our minds to his perspective of what this is really supposed to be all about so that we can transition and align as we need to and, and let him transform us through the renewing of our minds. And uh, <clears throat> God's version of the church, that we, we've talked, talked about a lot of things, and there's a lot more to say, but there's... I want to I start off my message today and just say this, that there, there's healthy balances in his kingdom. There's healthy balances to what he's building and to his ecclesia, his church. And, and so we, we, need, we need both sides of the same coin of what he's building. It's if, we, if we only focus on one side and we miss the other, then things can get weird, okay? And so some of the healthy balances that we need to... We need to always hold intention well. One is relationship and responsibility, right? Everybody say that, relationship and responsibility. Okay, we're going to have to work on that. You guys could at least humor me. Everybody say this, relationship and responsibility. Got to have both, right? All right, so and we, we need to we need the tension of being brothers and sisters in, in the family of the Lord, but we also need to be sons and daughters of the King of Kings. Amen. So it's both and. It's, we're we're family and we're army. We're both and. It's not one or the other. Family and army. Amen. Freedom and government. Freedom. Everybody say freedom and government. You got to have them both. Amen. We got to have the uh, a communal focus, but we have to have a missional focus. Everybody say communal focus, missional focus, both and. Okay, there, there's the relational aspects and there's the spiritual aspects. It's both and relational, spiritual. You can't have one without the other and be God's version of the church. Okay, there's the fruits of the spirit and there's the gifts of the spirit. We want them both. We need them both. You get one without the other, and we're lacking the kingdom of God in our lives. There's character, and then there's anointing. Everybody say character and anointing. We need them both, all right? We need to have servant hearts, but we need to have revivalist lifestyles. You can't have one without the other and be the full expression of the kingdom. Everybody say servant heart, revivalist lifestyle. Got to have them both, Amen. We, we need to be present, but we need the presence of God. Can't have one without the other and be God's version of the church. Everybody say, be present. That means like with, it, with together, like together, be present. Got to be present, but we need the presence, right? And, and we need the natural, and we need the supernatural. You can't have one without the other and not be God's version of the church. I said that backwards, but I think you know what I meant. The book of Acts, which is what we're in right now, is, is a healthy mix of both sides of the coin. People, people think the book of Acts is all about signs and wonders. It is very much about signs and wonders, but it's not all about signs and wonders because it's also about the community of the body of Christ. It's both and, amen? So too much of one side without the other veers us away from the, of God's version of the church, and you either get weird or you get uh, dry and kind of dead. Okay, so we've got to have them both to be healthy and powerful and strong in God's version of his church. And we've been looking, we, we've been talking for weeks and weeks now about uh, the ecclesia, which is Greek for church, right? And the, the ecclesia, uh, there's so many different aspects and dimensions of this, but uh, but more recently, we've been talking about the, the, the word oikos. If you haven't been coming, you might be like, well, what the heck is that? We're not talking about yogurt, are we? 
<laughs> it's oikos is a Greek word that means family. It means household. It means, and we've been talking about how, how the church is God's family. And that we need to understand that we're children of the Most High God, but we're also brothers and sisters to one another, and God's gathering us together to be a happy family together. Amen? We've been talking about that. But, but now we're kind of we're, we're getting into Acts, and we're going to keep going into this for a while because we're going to be showing the tensions of both sides of this. We've got to walk out the, the healthy balance of both. There's the communal aspect, and there's a supernatural Amen? All right. When this light turns red, we've got problems. All right, so uh, we, we so far have only got to Acts 1, 1 through 8. And, and we've been going for about three weeks now. You know why? Because there's so much to unpack in there. Okay, and we've talked about, um, talked about the, the importance of the baptism of the Holy Spirit and we've talked about the importance of receiving the, the power of the Holy Spirit, the fire of God. And, and then the, the, there's the, the great commission. Before Jesus ascended into heaven, he gave the great commission. And he, he, he shared with them the vision of all that he wants to do in this earth. And that he's putting the full dependency on them, walking it out in obedience in the power of God's presence and Holy Spirit. Amen? We've been talking about that, and today I'm pretty stoked um, because we're going to actually be talking about some of the things that we're already experiencing in this time this morning, <laughs> the glory of God. We're, we're going to talk about the glory of God and about um, angelic presences, and we're going to get into that, but you're going to have to follow with me in this, Okay. And I just, I'm a firm believer that when we preach truth and we stay in sync with the Holy Spirit, that he likes to show up through the words and manifest himself in them. So guess what? As we dive into this, you have the invitation to enter in to encounters. And there's not much better encounters than with God's glory. So you got an invitation to get drunk with me today. Drunk in the Holy Spirit. All right, so if you could turn your books, your Bibles open to Acts 1. And we're going to have this on the screen. I'm, I'm going to hit a lot of scriptures that probably won't make it to the screen. You're going to have to turn your Bibles fast because I'm not probably going to wait for you. Here we go. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read verses 1 through 11 right now. <clears throat> The former account I made, this is Luke writing the story, O Theophilus, of that, of all that Jesus began both to do and teach until the day in which he was taken up, after he, through the Holy Spirit, had given commandments to the apostles whom he had chosen, to whom he also presented himself alive after his suffering by many infallible proofs. You guys know that he was doing that because he was making witnesses of his disciples. He was making witness. They were witnessing Jesus for 40 days that he truly was resurrected from the dead. He, he proved it in so many different ways that this wasn't an apparition. It wasn't just a, a mental concept. It wasn't a vision. It was truly manifested Jesus Christ in the flesh, resurrected from the dead. Hallelujah. All right, so he's making them witnesses of himself, of his resurrection, being seen by them during 40 days and speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God. Could you imagine having spent three plus years with Jesus, this, the king of a kingdom, that he's bringing his kingdom into the earth, and he says, the kingdom of heaven is in your midst. The kingdom of heaven is staring you in the face right now, and, and he's the king of kings and the Lord of lords, and it took them time to really start getting the concepts, and they didn't really start getting it until after Jesus resurrected from the dead, and he breathed the Holy Spirit into them, and then it says that it unlocked their understanding of the scriptures. Hallelujah. And so then they start being like, oh, now I get it. 
Now I understand these things that you were saying. And he's spending 40 days resurrected from the dead, about to ascend to heaven, and he's spending more time now. He's, like, he's teaching them and talking to them about the things that pertain to his kingdom. All right? His kingdom is not just in heaven. When you die, you get to go experience the clouds and the harps and the grapes and the big fig leaf waving on you. And, and just bowing and, and maybe breaking your back for eternity. That's not, that's not what he means when he's talking about the kingdom of God, because he's literally talking about that kingdom being established on earth amongst us. And so he was getting ready to commission them to carry on his kingdom mandate, spreading his kingdom on this earth before he leaves. He's, he was turning the, the responsibility over to them. So he's, now he's spending time, now that they've received the Holy Spirit in the way that unlocks understanding to them, now he's like, you remember those things I was saying? Here's what it means. And they're like, oh, now we get this like we never could before. All right, so could you imagine those 40 days where you're with Jesus, the resurrected one, and he's reminding you of the things he said, but now you have the Holy Spirit filled, filled within you with an unlocked understanding, with, so the spirit of wisdom and revelation. To be able to see things now from the spirit level. Okay? Now it's like, oh, I get it. We thought that the kingdom was that you're going to come and you're going to rebuild David's throne and you're going to cast the Romans out of here and establish this earthly kingdom. And he, every time they said that, Jesus is like, do you, how, how long do I need to hang out with you guys? Right? But now they're starting to get it. It's an invisible kingdom that wants to manifest itself in, in the, our midst through us. So that's, a, that's crazy. So here Jesus is spinning that. That would be a pretty radical 40 days, I think. Verse 4, And being assembled together with them, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, You have heard from me, for John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Therefore, when he had come together, or sorry, when they had come together, they asked him, saying, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom? And Jesus is like, oh, really? <laughs> Seriously, still? <laughs> right? He's, he's, he's not all the way there yet. All right? But verse 7, he said to them, it is not for you to know the times or the seasons which the Father has put in his own authority, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. You guys need to fill in the blank, and I want you to put energy in this. You shall receive, come on, when the has, come on, yes, dunamis, power, heaven busting onto earth kind of power. Hallelujah. You, we, and we, we spent some time on this stuff, and that's not what we're honing in today. But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. And, and just to, as a reminder before I proceed that, um, yeah, thank you. <laughs> Angel's good back there. She's flipping that thing. She doesn't know where I'm going, but she's right there. Je Jesus is telling them, I'm not only going to give you a ministry, I'm going to give you the power of the Holy Spirit, the dunamis, heaven busting onto earth kind of power that's going to work through you when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you're going to be able to watch that I am showing up in your midst, validating everything you're preaching in my name. You're going to see me working and doing things that you couldn't do on your own strength and wisdom. But you're going to watch me show up. You will witness me everywhere you go. Hallelujah. And he had told them that the gospel of the kingdom is going to go to the ends of the earth. And so there's kingdom expansion. It started right here in little tiny Israel, right? And it started with the 12, and, you know, they went around Galilee and stuff. But now Jesus is saying the Holy Spirit's going to come on you in a way you've never known him before. And it's going to change everything. And you're going to have this mission of mine, but you're going to have the power of heaven backing you up everywhere you go. 
That's awesome. And it wasn't like if you step out in faith and, and, and do the things I'm telling you to do, hopefully you'll see a result. And just take the risk, and then maybe, maybe you're going to see something happen. But it's a, it's a, it's a casino. It's, it's, a, it's a gamble. You know, you're going to be throwing your dice, and I might show up. I might not. No, he said, he said you will be witnesses to me. Amen? So, and if, if you need some encouragement on this and you didn't hear my message two weeks ago, go back and listen to it because I just want to say, like, if you haven't seen the amount that you believe is, is promised to you yet, don't be disheartened because the Lord's bringing more, but he's bringing more as you step out in faith and he brings increase. The momentum is building even if you can't see it yet, as long as you're staying pressing into this thing. All right, and, and there's a whole sermon on that. You should listen to it again. It's good. <laughs> All right, so, but here's what I want to get to. He's saying that you're going you're gonna to bring my kingdom. You're going to witness me, and it's going to expand it, and it's going to cross this world. It's going to go to all the ends of the earth. It's going to hit every people group. It's going to hit every part of society because that's what I need to do to, to bring my kingdom into manifested form in all places. All right? And so, so that's kind of a big job. How many of you are thankful that he didn't expect the 11 apostles that were standing with him at this moment to do the whole thing all by themselves? You know how he was planning on doing it? Through the church. Through the church. And he gave birth to his church on Pentecost. And the church became existent at that point under the power of the Holy Spirit, under the open heavens. Amen? And so God didn't, send, he didn't plan on just sending them on their own to do these works on their own strength to get the power of the Holy Spirit, all right? But, but that's not all that they get. It's not all we get. Because we got to read this like this is us. Amen? If you're not reading this like this is us, it's just a history book. Okay? This is a testimony that we get to enter into. All right? I want to talk to you now about starting verse 9 through 11. Talk about what else we get with this. <clears throat> I might say things you've never heard before right now. Follow me. We'll see where this goes. All right, so after he said these things, verse 9, Now, when he had spoken these things while they watched, he was taken up. What do you think that the, the word is that we use for taken up? He was ascended. We talk about the, the crucifixion and the burial and the resurrection and then the ascension. All right, so they're literally watching the ascension of Jesus Christ right now. They're there in the flesh. Jesus is in the flesh. They see him start flying up, probably like Superman. Pretty crazy, okay? Fly, he's taken up, and it says, and a cloud received him out of their sight. Everybody say, a cloud received him out of their sight. Amen. And while they looked steadfastly toward heaven, as he went up, behold, two men stood by them in white apparel, who do you think that was? Angels. Okay? It's angels. Who also said, Men of Galilee, why do you stand gazing up into heaven? The same Jesus who was taken up from you into heaven will so come in like manner as you saw him go into heaven. That's awesome. As they say, they say he, will, he will come back to you. What It says... Uh, he will come back to you in the same manner as you saw him go into heaven. He's going to come back to you. Has Jesus come back yet? No. He's going to come back in the same manner that they saw him go up. That's pretty cool. Okay? That's pretty cool. But we have to take a second and think about that. If he's going to come back in the same manner that he went up, what does that look like? All right, Luke 21, 
27, Jesus is prophesying about him coming back, okay, the, the time that has not happened yet. And it says, they will see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. When Jesus comes back, he's going to come back in a cloud with dunamis power and great glory. You guys hear this? The same way that you saw Jesus go to heaven is the same way he's going to come back with a cloud and great power and great glory. Hope I'm tickling your ears a little bit for more. I want to I want to get you thinking about this for a second. You see the 11 with Jesus, all of a sudden he's finished saying the 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 commissioning. They watch him fly. And 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 then all of a sudden there's these two other dudes right there. Okay? And they see him go and it says that the cloud what does it say? It says a cloud received him out of their sight. Then they don't see him anymore. They don't see him anymore. When he comes back, it's going to be in the same way. Coming back with a cloud in power and great glory. Are you guys hearing me right now? Because I want to ask you a question thinking about that cloud what kind of cloud is it? Is it a cumulonimbus or a stratus? Is it a little puff cloud or is it a big sky full cloud? What would Bob Ross be putting on the canvas in this picture? Okay. Is it, an, is it a cloud like you go out there and see right now or is it a glory cloud? Whoa. Think about that. I want you to think about that. They're standing there with Jesus, resurrected. They've spent 40 days, and he's, he's spent 40 days teaching them with the spirit of wisdom and revelation about his kingdom, giving them the commission, and, he, and he's promising them that power from the Holy Spirit from on high is going to come and endure, endure them, clothe them with power, says in, in Luke. Clothe them with power. And, and he's given them the promise that you're going to go and you're going to bring my kingdom. And I'm going to show up everywhere you go. I'm going to prove myself in everything you do that's in obedience to me in faith. And then Jesus ascends into a glory cloud. That's crazy. I used to think it was a Bob Ross on the canvas kind of a cloud. But, but in more recent time, I felt like the Lord showed me just maybe, just maybe this is not a, a stratosphere kind of a thing. A different kind of an atmosphere kind of a thing. Glory cloud. And then he's gone. I can't even see him anymore. That's pretty crazy. If it's a glory cloud and it caught him up and received him out of their sight, what does that make the glory cloud? But a portal from heaven to earth. Think about that. That's wild. That's, that puts a whole other dimension on this little three-verse section here. Amen? <clears throat> There's a, a commentator named F.F. F. Bruce that wrote about this, and he agrees with me, <laughs> actually. And as a matter of fact, I've been studying into this, and there are other theologians who agree with me too, so that's helping me a little bit, okay? He said, the cloud in Old Testament times enveloped the glory of God. Everybody say the glory of God. And it indicated that the glory was present, though veiled. So it is here. And when the two men in white tell the apostles that Jesus will come in the same way as they saw him go, we may recall how Jesus spoke of the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. 
Jesus coming again, like his departure from earth, is a manifestation of the glory of God. Hallelujah. Let's, let's see if MacArthur will talk about the glory of God when Jesus comes back. Or whoever those other cessationist people are. I'm not putting them down. I'm just saying there's, like, there, there's a whole teaching on that stuff, but there's a disconnect to glory. And the glory is what God wants to draw us into more. Hallelujah. If it wasn't a glory cloud, then where did he go? Did he just fly up into the, all the different atmospheres like Superman and then past the moon and the stars and to, to finally reach planet heaven? I, I just see this as a glory portal between two realms. He exited the earth realm and he entered the heavenly realm. That's amazing. I want to tell you, it's not just amazing because it's in a story. It's amazing because it unlocks dimensions to us. Amen? What happened in the, in the ascension experience, if you, if you read different passages that refer to it, it starts putting a lot more context and dimension on what actually has happened. They just saw this man they loved fly into the sky and disappear, but there's other verses that actually really unpack a whole lot more about what was going on that they couldn't see with their eyes that Luke didn't write in there, okay? So you got Hebrews 4.14 that says, seeing then that we have a high priest, come on, he's a high priest who has passed through the heavens he passed through the heavens. Think about that. Heavens is plural, which means there's more than one. There's different heaven realms. We're, 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 we can see a first heaven realm. That's where you see the clouds and the stars and the moon. That's the natural heaven realm. The Bible speaks of a second heaven realm where, where the angels and the principalities and the demons hang out and, and try to try to influence and, and rule as they're able to in this world, but they hang out. So that's why Satan's called the principality of the power of the air. It's not talking about this air. It's talking about the second heaven realm. But there's the third heaven realm, okay? The third, the third heaven realm where in Second Corinthians 12, when Paul talked about how uh, he was so humble he didn't even say it was himself, but we know it was, that he went into an encounter that he didn't even know if he was in his body or in his spirit because it was so tangible, so real, but he went into the paradise of God in the third heaven. So, so this Hebrews 4.14, it says the high priest who has passed through the heavens. That's amazing. It wasn't just into a cloud and then disappear. There's more going on. Right? Ephesians 4.10, he who descended is also the one who ascended far above all the heavens that he might fill all things. So he ascended above all the things. And then he can fulfill all things. Hallelujah. Mark 16.19. So then after the Lord had spoken to them, he, that was one of the commission um, examples in there. He was received up into heaven. That's the same thing. He ascended, and then he sat down at the right hand of God. Hallelujah. So he ascended, and then he sat down in his throne next to his father. Praise God. Romans 8, 34. Who is he who condemns? It is Christ who died. By the way, Christ is not the one who condemns. <laughs> Just have to say that. It's Christ who died and furthermore is also risen who is, even, who is even at the right hand of God, hallelujah, so he's enthroned back in heaven, right? And also makes intercession for us. Whoa. So Jesus, they watched him leave them and, and ascend, but they had no clue at that moment that he was passing through different dimensions of heavens, and then he got through into 
the third heaven, the paradise, the glory of God, the throne of God, seated, completely restored in the fullness of his glory, full omniscience, full omnipresence, full omnipotence, 100% God, but still a man because he still is that. He's God and man, but he's seated in heavenly places. And what is he doing? Interceding for us. Wow. Like, they're like, I'm, we're going to miss you. And the angels are like, what's, what's your problem, <laughs> right? We're going to miss you. They're, they're like probably in awe, but also sad. But they had no idea that he was actually going there, probably getting on his knees, praying for them. That's amazing. Praying for you guys. Hallelujah. I can read more and more. I, I don't want to use my time on all this. But, well, maybe I should. <laughs> I could get through it in a couple of seconds here, a couple of minutes. 1 Peter 3.22, Jesus Christ has gone into heaven, so he ascended, right? He's at the right hand of God. Angels and authorities and powers have been made subject to him, or they have fully become surrendered and submitted to him. Okay? Revelation 12.5, that's the chapter that we've preached on um, about the, the great red dragon, Smog, Right? And coming against his arch enemy, the church. Arch enemy, the church. But this one verse, verse 5, it says, She bore a male child, that's Jesus, who was to rule all nations with the rod of iron, and her child was caught up to God and his throne. Ascended. What's he doing after he's ascended and seated in his throne? He's ruling nations. Whoa. That's amazing. Like, this is kind of... Not a small deal. There's not a, it is a, it's a big deal. Fumbling over my word thoughts right now. All right, Ephesians 1, 19 through 23. This is my favorite one. What is the exceeding greatness of his power toward us who believe, according to the working of his mighty power, which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead? Everybody say resurrection. And seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places. Everybody say enthronement. All right, so he's resurrected and then enthroned. But how does he get enthroned? By ascending first, right? Okay, so he's enthroned, sitting at the right hand of the Father in heavenly places, far above, not just a little above, far above all principalities and powers and mights, and dominions, and every name that is named. Whoa. This person you worship, that's powerful. Amen? Not only in this age, but in the age to come, and he put all things under his feet, so all things are under his feet. This is the ascended Christ. And he gave him to be the head over all things to the church, which is his body. Everybody say the church is his body. And of loves his church. Okay? The fullness of him who fills all in all. But I, I wanted just to give us perspective, because we can read these verses back in Acts 1, uh, 9 through 11. You know, they're, they're watching him, and, and, he, and he was taken up, and a cloud received him out of their sight. And then the angels are like, what's, what's the problem here? He's, he's actually coming back the same way you just saw him. That's pretty insightful. Because he's, they knew he's coming back in glory. Now we got to know that they just saw him ascend in glory. When he comes back, you won't see him coming from some distant planet, like the like the sci-fi movies that all you guys love to watch. Maybe just a couple of you. I I like them. <laughs> it's not going to be like that. Okay, he's coming in glory. It's going to be a surprise, too, right? But he's coming in glory and power in a cloud. That's crazy. All right, so there's just a lot more going on than what Luke wrote in there. But I want to propose to you guys that, uh, that the cloud that hit Jesus was a glory cloud. Okay, I think I've kind of established my thought on that, haven't I? Okay, but, but I want you to see more than that. The manifestations of glory are, or at least can be, portals between heaven and earth.
when glory shows up, there's more going on than your mind could imagine. There's varying degrees of glory manifestations, okay? And the greater the manifestation of glory, the greater the, the, greater the manifestation of what's passing through the portal. Praise the Lord. The feedback helps. I want to give you a few examples from the word that I believe show glory portal experiences. Anybody interested? I'll save it for next Sunday. So I can try to get you guys here two weeks in a row. I'm just kidding. Portal example. I want to give you guys, this is what I believe, all right? You can flush it if you need to, but I'm afraid if you flush it, you're going to miss out on something, all right? So that's between you and the Lord. Uh, the, the Mount of Transfiguration. Oh my goodness, I love that story. Mount of Transfiguration. Jesus goes up to pray, and he's got, he's got his three selected ones, Peter, James, and John, to go up with him. That's amazing. He could have done this on his own. He wanted to bring them into it. Why would he want to bring them into it? Partially because he just loves them and he's a good father to them. But I think more than that, it's because he needed to cultivate kingdom realities in them so that they could perpetuate these realities in the church that's about to be born on Pentecost. That's what I believe. Matter of fact, I've never even thought about that until right now. But I do believe that. <laughs> I got a new revelation right now. I'm keeping it. Lord, help me not to forget that. <laughs> All right. Luke 29, sorry, Luke 9, 29 through 35. I'm going to skip a couple verses in there for the sake of time. As he prayed, the appearance of his face was altered. That in itself is absolutely crazy. Like he was, he was transformed into a different image. That's crazy. And his robe became white and glistening, started glowing in glory. By the way, there's a lot that I would love to preach on this sometime that I don't have time for right now. Oh, and it's right time. And behold, two men walked with him. Not Peter and James and John. Moses and Elijah. Okay, that's crazy. Because where do they come from? Come from heaven. Mo Moses, like Jesus, is a, he's in the flesh. He's praying, and all of a sudden, Moses and Elijah. It doesn't say visions of Moses and Elijah. They were standing there, full form, right there on this natural earth mountain that Jesus, Peter, James, and John were on. Crazy. Okay? Moses and Elijah, who appeared in glory. What? What? Jesus is being, he's, he's encountering Father. He's encountering the Shekinah glory of God so much that he is starting to manifest his own godly attributes. And, and all of a sudden, there's these two beings from heaven standing on earth next to them, Moses and Elijah, who appeared in glory. Whoa! That's crazy. And they spoke of his decease, which was about to, he was about to accomplish at Jerusalem. I'm going to skip to verse 34. While he was saying this, 
a cloud came. Oh, really? A cloud. Wow. How interesting that a cloud would happen to be here. Was it a cumulonimbus or a cirrus cloud? It's a Shekinah cloud. Amen? A cloud came and overshadowed them, and they were fearful as they entered the cloud. And a voice came out of the cloud saying, this is my beloved son. Hear him. This is a crazy picture. Can you see where I'm getting this concept that the glory manifested is a portal between heaven and earth? <laughs> this is radical. I don't know that this kind of thing happens on a daily basis in Christian's life. I mean, if I see Moses and Elijah walking in my room, I'm freaked out. I, and I'll tell you what, if that happens, I hope that Jesus will be in the room too. But there's glory, and there's a glory cloud, and there's manifestations of things that are in heaven manifesting right there in their midst on earth. Pretty wild, don't you think? Hallelujah. Luke 2, 8 through 9 is the, you know, Jesus was just born, and there's the shepherds out there, and in verse 8 it says, Now there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. Verse 9, And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and guess what? The glory of the Lord shone around them. Which came first, the angel or the glory? I don't know. But I do know that there's glory and there's an angel. And, and, you know, verse 13, it goes on, it says, And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and, and making our fun Christmas decrees that we love. All right? But, but the point I'm trying to make is there's glory and there's angels present. There's something that, that was transferred from heaven, the heaven realm, into the earth realm. There's glory. I just propose to you that when the glory is manifested, there's a portal between heaven and earth. I'm not telling you that when the glory shows up, what's going to happen. I, I, that's, that's up to God. But there's something about the elements of heaven being transferred into the, the zone that we live in on earth. Hallelujah. Pretty crazy stuff. Here's another one just to kind of throw us for a loop. And, and this one I'm, I'm putting out there as a, this is a maybe, all right? I don't know for sure, but, but it's something I've pondered a little bit. Hebrews 12, 1 follows Hebrews 11 which is the hall of faith. We like to call it the hall of faith. It gives all those amazing stories of people from the old covenant who were radical lovers of God and they, and they gave their lives to the Lord, right? And so um, it goes right from that, talking about these people of mighty faith into verse one. It says, therefore, and when you see the word therefore, you gotta connect what's coming with what you just read, right? Because it's a, it's a connecting word. Therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by what? So great a cloud of witnesses. What? Let us lay aside every weight and sin which so easily ensnares, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. All right? And everybody, everybody is in agreement that the cloud of witnesses is talking about those who have gone before us. Those who have gone before us, and, and we don't fully understand what they're doing when, when they show up in this, in this picture, but, but there's the common belief that they're there championing what we're still doing because we are carrying the torch that they, that they carry. They pass the torch on, so they're championing us. Let's run this race. Let's, you guys can do this all the way to the end. Right? They've already been there and they've, they're in the glory now. But it's crazy that why would I call it a cloud of witnesses? I've never understood where this concept of cloud of witnesses comes from. I, and I don't know. But now I'm starting to wonder is this a glory cloud where heaven and earth are merging together? And I'm not talking about just focusing on dead people and all that stuff. That gets weird. But, but what I'm trying to say is, is, is there's this blending that God's trying to do of heaven on earth 
and, and there's just the, there's things from both realms that are trying to come together and partner so that we can see everything that God has intended to happen, happen, but we, because we can't give up on what God's doing, and they're there supporting us, backing us up. Come on. It's amazing. Portals. Glory manifestations. I believe that there, there, there are portals between heaven and earth. And I, I'm not saying that the, the, the glory comes and then all of a sudden you're going to be able to step into heaven. Boy, would that be awesome. But I know of people who have actually done that. I'm not even joking about that. I'm, and I don't mean just in, I don't mean encounters where you get downloads. I'm talking about people who, who were, they were here and then all of a sudden they're there. And, and I've heard of these portals opening up. Now, I'm not trying to make us weird on this, right? People start coming and telling me about your portal experiences. We'll see, all right? But, but, but I'm just trying to say that, like, that, there's, there's high-level stuff that God wants to do, and we've got to steward where we're at and trust that God has more in it. Amen? Glory. God's trying to make his glory available to us more. Glory. And we, 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 sometimes we shout that, glory. Hallelujah. Glory can be a, a praise to the Lord because he, he is glorified by us. But, there, but glory is a tangible substance of God, it's God's essence radiating out from him. And his glory is so big that even the heavens and the earth could not contain it. And the Lord wants to, <laughs> the, the glory of the Lord is so big that the heavens and the earth could not even contain it. He wants to increase that in our lives. How many of you guys know his glory is holy? And God does not dish out his holiness except to where he knows it's going to be trusted, that you can trust it. He brings his glory. I want to list out a few things that of way of of those who God brings his glory to. He brings his glory to those he can trust it with. And 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 to trust how does he determine you can trust it? I don't know if everything I'm going to say is the fullness of it, but these are the things I felt like I need to say, people who have pure hearts. Pure hearts. If we have impurity, it it could kill you in his presence. Then you actually, it, like you, you, it just doesn't, it can't stand in his presence. A ho holiness of lifestyle, and I'm not talking about religious holiness, I'm talking about a full reverence of the Lord and, and just laying all the things down that, that don't pertain to him and, and just coming into his will. Holiness, it's his holiness that he, that he wants to bring us into alignment with. Trust people like this. People who are, Surrendered to God. The more, the more surrender, the more landing place for him. Okay? Clear hearts towards people. Like actually, like I'm not going to hold on to offenses and bitternesses. Like this is where he actually cares about how we are with other people. Kind of important to him. More than kind of important to him. They can stop all things. These things can actually stop the kingdom of God busting through your life. Unity. He's looking for people you can trust it because they have hearts for unity with God's people. Unity. You guys hear me? So important. And he's looking for people that he can bring it to who worship him. Not just on Sunday, but as a lifestyle. Who stay close to his heart and care about the things that he cares about. People who, who uh, 
who, who understand that this can only happen by his grace and the blood of Jesus and not your own works. People who cultivate and steward the all of the Lord, all, A-W-E, all, and, and, and keep wonder strong in their hearts. Men who believe for the supernatural, not just status quo Christianity, who will steward his heart, his will, his glory. These are the people that God wants to bring it to. These are the people he can trust it with. Does that mean that other people won't experience his glory? No, it doesn't mean that. He's so good and merciful. He wants to bring his glory to this whole region, and I guarantee not everybody in this region is what I just described. So people are going to benefit massively, but it's going to happen through the people I just described. This kind of people are the ones who he's going to say, you can bring this to them. You guys hear in my heart? Hallelujah. And he brings his glory and measure. And, and but he, he, wants to, he wants to increase it. So we steward. There's a stewardship principle in the kingdom. We steward what he gives us in the portion that he gives us. He, and he gives according to our abilities, right? Parable of stewards. Parable of talents. The, the, he gives according to where we're at with it. But he gives it, though. That's the thing. He gives it. But he wants to see if we will steward it with that kind of a lifestyle I just said. And if we do, he brings increase. There's more, and then 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 10 years later, there's more, and then there's more. Of Shekinah glory, manifestations. You guys hearing me? When his glory shows up, we need to understand. And, and I'm not, like some people are like, what, do you, what is glory? Like you're looking, you're just looking for a cloud to fill the room. I believe that's going to happen. But, but you, you're probably going to experience it invisible first, unless if you've already reached that place. But, but it's, it's, it's something where the Holy Spirit wants to teach you how to discern his presence coming in. And, and like, you, by the way, you guys are people of presence. He wants to bring more. And the, but the more we come in tune with it, the more, listen, the more we value it. Proof of value is in the price you're willing to pay for something. That's who he's bringing it to. Do, do you value it enough to pay the price that it takes to, to, to get the more? He wants to bring the more. And as I said, the more the manifested, manifested glory comes, the more power, the more manifested, tangible breakthrough power comes through from one realm to the other. Incredible. Praise you, Jesus. There is more to say than I have time for. This seems to be my habit. I'm blaming the Holy Spirit on that. All right. Next week is just going to get exciting too. Hallelujah. God's glory like, he, he wants to reveal his glory to every single person. I, I believe that there's going to come a point, hopefully in the near future, we'll see, where, where I'm, I'm going to start going deep on that topic. The glory, we have to be ready for it. Ready for it. Getting ready for it. I believe that all this stuff we're doing, 
People are, are laying hold and doing the journey with this and not just dipping in and out. And it's like, oh, that was a good sermon. That was a good time. But like actually stewarding this stuff, because this is Jesus's principles, not mine. Stewarding all these things and building it into your life, you're preparing yourself to be part of something far greater than you've ever seen before. Hallelujah. Boy, am I feeling the glory buzzing on my head right now. Anybody feeling his presence right now? He wants to bring more. His idea, not ours. His idea. What he wants. He wants every single person on this planet to see the fullness of his glory. And I know, like, we have to steward our lives. We have to be full surrender to, to be entrusted with the mantles that he wants to give us to carry glory. He doesn't just put his mantles on just anybody. It's on the people who say, I give my life to this Jesus for your glory, not mine. When we say for your glory, not mine, it means I will die for this. It means I give up my right to, to, to all the things that I thought I was entitled to. I'm going all the way with you, Jesus. Those are the people it gives the mantles to. And the mantle I'm talking about right now is the mantle of, bringing, of being glory carriers. To see his Shekinah glory show up that brings transformation. He's going to bring glory and reveal it to people who are not worthy of it. You know why? Because he's merciful and he's gracious. He's going to do it, but he's going to do it through the people who said, I'm all in, Lord. And I believe that God has that for every single one of us. But it's up to us. Amen? Listen, he, 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 he brings wafts of glory. <laughs> So awesome. Wafts of glory. Today it was a little more than a waft. You guys saw Miss Drunkhead over here hit the floor. That was more than a waft. He's doing stuff. And by the way, like, we're, we keep hearing reports of people seeing God do miracles. I just heard of a couple more yesterday. Praise the Lord. He's doing his works. It's happening. God's doing stuff. You guys are engaging and letting him show up. Let's keep going. Hallelujah. Who's excited about his glory right now? <laughs> Listen, I, I want to I try something. Does anybody, like, do, maybe you need to close your eyes for a second. Sometimes we're too busy focusing on something that we can miss subtle, subtle things he's doing. Moses almost missed the burning bush because he could have just said, he noticed something out of the corner of his eye and like he, he didn't even like turn his attention to it right away. He, he, he could have just kept focusing on his sheep. But there was something flickering minding his own business, and then after a little while, it was, it was after he noticed that it wasn't burning up yet. That doesn't take just a, a split second. Like he, it was like he was barely even noticing this thing off in, in the corner of his eye. But, it, but after a while, he, re, he realized, oh, there's something unusual going on. But he noticed it long before. And I want you to think about that, like, like it was happening before he even knew it. He knew it subconsciously, but he, but he didn't give it attention. And so he, he could have easily just met, went on his way and never had this experience. But it was when he recognized that he was noticing, barely noticing something, that he turned his attention, and he's like, oh my goodness, this is not normal. And then he approaches it, and God starts speaking to him. 
and he didn't treat it flippantly. He recognized the holiness of the moment, and the Lord told him to take his shoes off because this is holy ground you're standing on. He takes them off, and then he goes, and he has an encounter with the Lord that changed everything for him. And then it put a mantle on him for him to be a carrier of God's glory everywhere he went. Whoa, that's amazing. So, so take a moment. Close your eyes if you need to. And, and just, just pay attention with your spirit. See if, if there's any, even, whether, it's, whether it's hugely noticeable or barely noticeable, something that feels like spirit. Just, just take a moment. Something that feels like spirit. If you recognize that, turn your attention to it. Because when you turn your attention to it, the more comes. If anything starts happening, just remember what Laura said about touching the outlet and it affects your body. <laughs> Go there. <laughs> like... Let's give a moment here. He's in the room. He's on you. On you. Angels in the room. During worship, I detected at least two angels land right in front of me. I know there's more. We're not the center of our attention. Glorious. Anybody sensing his presence in any measure? Raise your hand if you're sensing his presence in any measure right now. Praise the Lord. I ask you, Lord, to bring more right now in Jesus' name. His glory is here. He um, drawn to his own word. <laughs> Talk about his glory and give him space. Guess what happens? He starts showing up in his glory. He's here. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Holy Spirit, I, I pray that you will let glory clouds come on everybody's heads right now, <laughs> Lord, that, that just opens the atmosphere to them at a higher level. Thank you, Lord. More, Lord. Thank you, God. There are so many stories of glory clouds showing up and services, and not just for the adults, by the way. Matter of fact, the kids are out there <laughs> waiting, I think, patiently to, before they come in, but oh, there are stories of glory so thick, and God is not a religious God. Like, kids play in it. Guys, stand with me if you're able for a moment, but don't 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 get distracted. Just stand with me for a moment. Lift our hands to the Lord in a just a posture where you connect with what He's doing in the room right now. More Lord. Hallelujah. More Lord. Thank you, God. When, when, we're, when we're focusing on God's presence, we don't want to be in a hurry. God is not, um, he's not in a rush to get to showing I'll just say that. Hallelujah. Anybody's 
Is anybody's heart and spirit stirred right now for the more? Thank you, Lord. Why don't you, by faith, just take a big drink of his presence? Thank you, Lord. Big drink of his presence. Rabashikita, Rabashikiteya.